It's the next level. You had an encounter with the Blair Witch. In these woods. They say that the woods are all haunted up there. If you lose your way. I don't go up there. Hello? You lose your life. John! This fall. Oh the horror comes home. There's no one here to help you. Own the Blair Witch Project no. on video or DVD. Now you can see what's never been seen. I'm scared to close my eyes. Own the project from Artisan Home Entertainment in stores now. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello, Mr. Fancy. The following movie contains material that may not be suitable for all viewers. Your discretion is advised. The Lost Boys pilot got scrapped. I'm sure you probably heard about this. Remember the CW was going to reinvent the Lost Boys? They were giving us the Frog Sisters. Yeah, well... <laughs> That got canned, at least temporarily, hopefully forever, but probably not because it's a CW and they approve anything and everything. It's the thing, you know, I, okay. And I've talked about this several times on this podcast, about remakes and the horror genre and how the two kind of go hand in hand. I, okay, I get it. I get it. That's fine. And, I mean, I've mentioned about, you know, like, movies like The Fly and The Thing. You know, John Carpenter's The Thing is considered one of the all-time greatest horror films. It's a remake. Okay, we get it. You know, sometimes remakes work. And then sometimes they're unnecessary. Case in point. Pet Cemetery, 2019. Okay, so. I mean, yeah, when it came out... I had all intentions of going to the theater and seeing it, you know, on its, well, its release weekend. I don't think I was going to go the first night, but I had intentions of seeing it. You all know, I made it very clear on this podcast, things happened, and I wasn't in the right frame of mind to go see a movie about pets, let alone pets dying. Um, yeah. So, didn't happen to see it in the theaters. I'm not going to lie, I have seen the movie now. I saw it those ways they tell you it's very bad. Don't do. Well, whatever. Um, I don't have a chance to see it in a theater now. And I'm not taking the chance of buying a remake before seeing it. It's kind of like a car, you know? You don't buy a car without test driving it, right? Well, it's the same with a movie. So, Pet Cemetery remake. 
is unnecessary, people. It's it, honestly. I don't. I don't want to knock people for liking what they like. That's fine. I get it. I'm a fan of the original. The original is way creepier than the new movie. And yet I saw people online saying that they thought the new version was more creepier. What the new version has going for it. Uh, by the way, I should, you know, preface this right now. I don't hate the remake. I don't hate it. It's unnecessary, though. We don't need it. Remakes we don't always need. It's The remake is not as creepy as the original. The original, the creep factor is through the roof. Not in this case. However, this film does have a few things going for it. Number one, the Creed family. A lot more likable. Um, minus Gage. Gage was perfect in the first film. But Lewis, Rachel, and Ellie, I, they were very difficult to deal with in the original. I mean, I think that's why I kind of like the original and watching them go through the hell they do because I couldn't stand their character. Um, but I mean, especially with Ellie, Ellie Creed, serious upgrade in this remake. That's a that's what it's got going for it. It's it's, but that's where it stops. Um, the music, the music is not, it's not memorable like the original score. Zelda, Zelda's a complete letdown. Uh, and I believe episodes back, I, I, I specifically said Zelda has to work or this movie will not reach that, that, that pinnacle mark. It doesn't. Uh, Zelda is, uh, is a complete letdown. Oh, by the way, spoilers. Um, movie's been out a bit, so <laughs> if you haven't seen it, apologies. I'm kind of... I'm not going to spoil the big things in the film. But I will say that Zelda is a letdown. Where's Timmy Baderman? Where's Missy Dandridge? Um, apparently we don't even put them in the movie. Um, the relationship between Judd and Lewis is pretty much not there. Not to mention John Lithgow, great actor, underused. Uh, the thing is, is, I know it probably sounds like I'm like beating the shit out of this movie. I'm not. It, it's just the original does so much more than what this does. This, they tried to take things out. The things they added to it, which is where I will stop. I won't tell you what they've added. But the things they added to it don't change the story. If anything, it makes the story weaker. Um, or it seems irrelevant to the, the to the film. There's, there's no point to putting the added scenes in there. But what you took out uh, really took away from the idea of focusing on the grief. Uh, death is something that causes grief. Grief is a natural process of death. Trust me, this year I know more about that than I care to deal with right now. But this film does not highlight that like the original does. Like I said, the Creed family themselves, a lot better than the original. But that's where the ball stops rolling. Um, remakes. Sometimes they're completely unnecessary. 
And sometimes the original sucks so bad that even the idea of a remake... I mean, that's the thing. That's where a remake should come into play. Like something like Stephen King's Sleepwalkers, which I do like the movie, but it's a bad movie. Remake that. Why are we remaking Pet Cemetery? Pet Cemetery is a loved film. Everyone loves that original film. Everyone will tell you that Zelda was the th thing that nightmares were made of. Uh, exactly. Um, enough of Pet Cemetery. Because this week, I have a lot to talk about. And I don't know how many listeners I'm going to have after I'm done. But, I'd like to welcome you back to the Next Level Network production of What, what Lurks, Lurks Behind, Behind Podcast, Podcast Zero. Zero. I am your host, Postmortem Paul. And, like I said, there's a lot to talk about this week. This week's episode is a film that I may lose listeners over. <laughs> but it's a key staple in the horror genre, whether I like the movie or not, whether you like the movie or not. It is one that is highly talked about, was extremely easy to research because there's so much about it. And it's just, love it or hate it, it's, it's, it's a big point in the horror genre. Uh, this week's episode, episode 43, is focusing on the 1999 cult hit. I call it cult hit. It was a mainstream hit. What the fuck am I talking about? The Blair Witch Project. Uh, quickly, because I, I do have a lot to talk about with this movie, so we're going to kind of jump right into it. But I do want to quickly just throw this out. Lurker's recommendation this week is an interesting one. Uh, it's actually going to be something that I kind of weave into the Blair Witch Project review as well. Um, a year before the Blair Witch Project came out, there was another quote-unquote found footage film called The Last Broadcast. It was um, very low-budget, very uh, under-the-radar. As a matter of fact, it, like it, it's, its rental sales were like you know pretty much in the pits. A lot of people didn't know about this movie until the Blair Witch Project came out. It's an interesting film. Um, there's certain things it does better. There's certain things it doesn't do so well. Uh, but it's an interesting watch nonetheless. Um, so I, I'm throwing it out there. And I bring it up because uh, actually when I was posting about the Blair Witch Project on the Facebook page, uh, Ben Beck, who is the head ringleader of the Next Level Network, uh, mentioned about the last broadcast. I was, And it's it's kind of cool he brought it up because it reminded me of it. I had seen it years ago, completely forgot about it. And so seeing him talk about it, I was like, oh, shit, that's a good one. And I even went back and watched it in preparation for this. And uh, I thought, you know what, I'm going to mention it because like it was one that, again, like even as a... Like, when the Blair Witch Project came out, I was a younger dude, but, you know, renting movies, Blair Witch Project was what made me rent the last broadcast. So, it, it you know, I, I thought, eh, 
let's throw that in there as a lurker's recommendation this week. It's a hard movie to find, but it can be found. As a matter of fact, you can, uh, I think it's thelastbroadcast.com. You go to uh, that website and you can specifically pick up the DVD from there. So, But enough about that. Like I said, I have a lot to talk about with the Blair Witch Project. So with, uh, with that said, let's do the trailer drop. And then when we come back, me and all my multiple post-mortem personalities. That's post-mortem personalities, you know. I really got to start thinking like titles for segments, but whatever. Um, Enough of that. Let's do the trailer drop and then come back and just unload on this movie and everything that comes with it because the Blair Witch Project was... Interestingly enough, not just a movie. Um, There's quite a bit to it. So, trailer drop, and I'll be back. This is my home, which I am leaving the comforts of for the weekend to explore the Blair Witch. I can see you. I'm real excited about this. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm very glad. This area's been haunted by that old woman for years. I don't know why you have to have every conversation on video. Because we're making a documentary. Not about us getting lost. We're making a documentary about a witch. I don't. Lost? Admit that first. No, I know we're not lost. They're all over the place. How do we know it was people? Well, even if it wasn't, I'm not going to play with that either. And it's all because of me that we're here now. (laughs) Hungry. And cold. And hunted. I just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. Tell me where you are, Josh! Before we get into this review of the week... I think I need to say one thing. Thank you all for being such loyal listeners. I know that after I do this review, I'm going to lose a lot of you. (laughs) So thank you for sticking around as long as you did. Uh, It was nice knowing you. Um, Feel free to write. Uh, No, okay. Um, Blair Witch Project. So let me put this out there before I get into this actual review. You need to understand something about my like about me as a person, as a kid growing up. Um, aside from the fact that I was really stupid about Santa Claus for some reason, it took me a while to figure that one out. You know that Santa wasn't real. Um, I've never been one who's believed in things very easily. I've always been kind of like that jaded person who is like, eh, I think you're lying. Um, <laughs> Like I said, Santa Claus, for some reason, I believed it. Uh, I was at least 10 before I figured it out. How Seriously, that sounds fucking lame, but whatever. Um, but yeah, like, you know, the, the whole idea of religion is something that I've been questioning probably since I, you know, could spell. <laughs> uh, Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny, shit like that. I, I didn't, I believed into it for so long, and then it was kind of like, Seriously, we live in an apartment. How the fuck is an Easter bunny getting in here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there there was just, there was, there's things that I've always been that kind of person that questions everything. 
So I remember going into the Blair Witch Project thinking, I didn't believe it. You know, everybody was buying into the the marketing and the hype. And I mean, like, this movie, I'll give it that much credit, man. The, the marketing strategies they put into this film, fucking brilliant. I mean, but I never bought it as being real. And I sometimes I feel like because I'm kind of like that jaded person that there's a lot of things lost on me. Um, I'm just not one of those people that believes everything I see or everything I read. As a matter of fact, nine out of ten times, I'm more likely to not believe it. So keep in mind, when I'm doing this review of The Blair Witch Project, it's kind of subjective to how I approached it. I mean, that's the point of a review, right? We each review things based on how we approached it. But, yeah, when it comes to this film, there's a lot of quote-unquote magic that worked for so many people that just didn't work for me. But that's not to say that I won't be fair about this. So, that's my forewarning. That's also my thank you for being such a loyal listener. um, Because... (laughs) When this is done, like I said, i got a feeling uh, my subscribers are going to plummet. But maybe not. Who knows? We'll see what happens. So, The Blair Witch Project. This movie has spawned a lot of shit. Comic books, novels, satires, tributes... Uh, the whole found footage genre. I mean, wow. There's films that kind of did it before, but none with the viral hype that this movie had. Um, let's get into the things you should know, and then we'll uh, we'll talk. Me and... There's multiple ways I approach this, so you might actually get a glimpse of more of the personalities that come out of me. The Blair Witch Project, released July 30th, 1999, was written and directed by Daniel Murek and Eduardo Sanchez, produced by Robin Cowie and Greg Hale, cinematography by Neil Fredericks, music, I say music very loosely, by Tony Cora. There is only one spot in the fucking movie that has music. That's it. Well, aside for I think there's like times where you hear like a radio playing in the background or something, but in terms of score, one spot. That's it. I'm gonna warn you now also, I'm a little allergic this morning, so I'm trying not to sniff in your ear too much. I swear, like people that listen to my podcast probably think I'm a like a coke addict or something. I swear to god I'm not. swear to god moving on I don't need to piss you guys off more than I already have (laughs) and I haven't even gotten into this review yet Um, so starring cast there's three main ones you need to know the three students that are making this quote unquote documentary and then I threw one extra name in for shits and giggles so Heather Donahue is playing Heather Donahue. <laughs> Joshua Leonard is playing Josh Leonard, and Michael C. Williams is playing Mike Williams. Um, it's pretty easy, right? 
must be easy to play yourself. But, uh. And then the other one I added because a lot of the cast, um, you know, like the townspeople and whatnot, they went by their actual real names or whatever. But the character of Mary Brown was actually played by an actress uh, named Patricia Deku. So it's interesting when you look at like the the credit listing and so many people it's like their name is playing their name like you know what I mean like Heather Donahue is playing a Heather Donahue uh, but then you see the character of Mary Brown and it's actually played by an actress which that's the thing about the Blair Witch Project if anyone like and I get it this was before the Marvel age so people didn't stay for credits if you stayed for credits it was a complete spoiler that the movie was a fake um <laughs> <laughs> because you'd find out that like it wasn't even filmed in Burkittsville. Um, so, yeah. <sighs> that's, the, that's the thing about this, right? But anyways, moving on. That's uh, the synopsis. I wrote out a nice full one for this just to you know, set the mood. Uh, setting the mood. I'll be talking about that in a minute, too. Um, synopsis. In October of 1994, three student filmmakers hike out to the woods of Blair hoping to find evidence of the local legend, the Blair Witch. At first, they find nothing except a pile of stones arranged by hand. As the sun goes down, they realize they are lost, but there is little panic. Okay. They camp out, and in the middle of the night they see and hear things, things that are not normal. When they awake, they find wooden dolls in cross-like formations. They were not there that... They were not alone there that night. Then one of the students, Josh, is separated from the group. The other two finally realize that they are in a very serious situation and that they are being stalked, stalked by something that may be the very thing they were looking for. The budget on this was 60000 The gross, god damn it to hell, was $248.6 million. And if I remember correctly, I read that in the Guinness World Book of Records, this went down as being the highest grossing film per dollar spent on it. Um, yeah, you think? Um, so, the marketing. The marketing is something that I want to kind of focus on with this film because the marketing, I think, is actually better than the film. Um, and that's my personal opinion. I don't expect people to agree with me but whatever the thing about this film is that one it used the internet in its favor during a time when the internet was just dawning I mean this is 1999 this isn't 2019 um, you know the internet was still on dial up for a lot of people I mean I know even myself like I think, when did I, we finally got the internet, I, I want to say for, in my family anyways, it was like 1998 was when we finally got it. I mean, we were on dial-up, you, you remember AOL, <laughs> AOL online, you know, keyword AOL.com and all that sort of stuff, and there was, uh, Yahoo was the big thing back then, you know, now it's Google, Google's like the big, thing. Google it, well back in my day it was Yahoo it. <laughs> um, I mean, the internet was just dawning. It was just, it was just starting to pick up. You know, uh, what, what was it like? Mid '90s is when the internet kind of took off, and this was, 
at that time, I mean, you went to Blair Witch. I, I want to say it was BlairWitch.com. I don't think it was BlairWitchProject.com, although I could be wrong. And, I mean, they had, like, this cool website all laid out, you know, showing that the three students were missing and you clicked on all these different links and whatnot and you could, like, read backstory and stuff. As uh, mentioned by a good friend of mine, Justin, there was a documentary that came out three weeks prior to this called The Curse of the Blair Witch, and it aired on sci-fi in the U.S. I think, I want to say in Canada, it was space, space TV, but I could be wrong on that. Um, I mean, this is going way back, right? And, I mean, I remember watching it, too. I watched it back then, and for a lot of people, it worked. You know, it, it really, it set, like I was saying earlier, like, oh, I'll be getting to setting the mood. The documentary set the mood perfect for this, you know, um really had you if you bought into it of course like I said I've always been that skeptical asshole so I remember watching the documentary going "Mm, is it staged or is it not you know I I, again I was always that kid that was like you know the fucking asshole that was like I don't believe it like okay whatever like shut up kid but so they did so much with that though and I believe it was at one of the film festival showings uh, I want to say it was a Cannes festival but I, uh, I didn't write it down I don't think uh, anyways what they had done was they were putting flyers around the theater you know showing the three missing students and whatnot they ended up taking the flyers down I guess because there was a TV director that went missing at about that time and because okay the creators of this knew it was fake but the audience didn't the creators felt guilty, so they took down the the flyers and whatnot, and they they stopped distributing them around the festival. But I mean, again, like that was the thing. Like, the, they did so much with the marketing. It, it, oh, what was it? Um, like the website was uh, put on the internet a year before, uh, and it had like detailed reports of the search like the, the police reports and whatnot. Um, they had reactions from family. They had expert opinions. Uh, shit, what else? I wrote a bunch of this down too. Like um, The myth itself of the Blair Witch wasn't debunked until after the movie's premiere. Um, but And that was the other thing too, Like was because of the way they marketed it, the word of mouth was just like spreading like wildfire. It was like picking up so much that by the time this movie came out, people are already scared. Like, and, and that is, you, you love when you hear stories like that. You know what I mean? Um, I'm putting it out there right now. I'm not a fan of this movie, but when I hear about shit like that, you know what I mean? Like, okay, something as simple as like star Wars, when Star Wars first came out, the movie poster showed nothing. It just said Star Wars. And somehow or another, it worked. It it, it got people curious. Um, and so when you, when you hear about this, where these guys, like, they put a lot of time and effort into thinking how were they going to make people believe the Blair Witch was real. Um, kudos to the marketing team. Like, the... the we live in an age where it's very hard to avoid spoilers, obviously. Um, 
the, the internet makes it almost impossible. You pretty much have to stay off social media if you don't want to get spoiled about something. This was something completely different because it was, we're putting this on the internet. We want you to go searching for it because we want you to believe it. Um, like, very clever. Um, and, I mean, what was it? It's the movie, I think The Haunting came out at the exact same time. I'm just reading this here, popular. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, The Haunting was the movie that came out same time, and yet this completely eclipsed it, like... And, I mean, The Haunting was a remake. And, you know, people were like, oh, hey, this sounds great. And Blair Witch said, hmm, shut up, bitch. So, um, there's a couple uh, trivia things that I wrote down before I get into my thoughts. Because this movie, like I said, this movie has, it's iconic. Whether, again, this is one of those things, like, whether you love it or you hate it, it is an iconic film. Um... Here's the interesting thing. It only took eight days to shoot. Uh, it was eight days to shoot the film, but eight months to edit it. Doing the math. See, this is where I brought up about the last broadcast. Because the last broadcast came out a year before this. There is a lot of theories that this borrowed from the last broadcast. And when you watch the last broadcast, you can see where there's things that they definitely borrowed from it. Um, the whole idea of a crew going into the woods searching for a myth. Uh, in the last broadcast, they're searching for the Jersey Devil. In this, they're searching for the Blair Witch. Um, the idea of filming everything, which is something that I'll talk about in a couple of minutes. But the idea that the cameras never stop rolling. What I liked about last broadcast, as opposed to Blair Witch... In the last broadcast, they specifically point out, yes, I'm, we're going to keep filming this because something might pop up. There's something, like, there's a reason why the cameras keep rolling. In The Blair Witch, the part that annoys the shit out of me is they're, supposedly they're done with the idea of the documentary. They're like, we just want to get the fuck out of here now, but they keep the cameras rolling. It's a very annoying point in the film. Um, it's something I'll focus on a little bit, in it, like, in a little bit, but... Um, yeah, like, so if you figure that it took eight days to shoot this film, eight months to edit it, that's eight months and eight days. That's still not a full year where the last broadcast came out a full year before. So, I mean, you sort of do wonder, you know, did last broadcast come out? Someone see this and go, Hey, that's an idea. It, it can make you wonder. Um, Heather Donahue admitted there was a lot of backlash against her uh, because of uh, her association with the Blair Witch Project. She, uh, I, I know she had a hard time finding jobs after, and not to mention she apparently had like you know a few encounters with people that were very threatening. Um, I can honestly say I'm not surprised. Uh, and I'm not saying that in a uh, spiteful or hateful way, but her character is very, um, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Uh, it's, it's very coarse. It's a very hard character to deal with. I'm not surprised. I, it's shitty that humans are like that. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know why we feel this need 
to always take shit out on celebrities. Celebrities are just doing a fucking job. Actors are doing a job. Don't treat actors like shit, you know? Like, that's one thing, like, I mean, yes. We all are free to our opinions of films and whatnot, but don't treat the people making the movies like shit because they're just doing a job. It's yeah, Hollywood's a bunch of fucking pricks. Whatever. But, I mean, still, the thing is is that it's entertainment. It's not something that is supposed to, you know, make or break your life. Unfortunately, we bitch about it like it does, but it, it's shitty that she had to go through that. But, again, just knowing the way humanity is, I'm not shocked she went through it. Um of course, as most of you probably have heard and probably know about this, after the Blair Witch Project came out, there were a lot of people that actually believed it existed. Um, that poor town in Maryland did... Uh, they had a lot of tourists for a while. Um and again, and it's something that's even pointed out on different websites, if people had just waited to watch the credits, they would have known that it was a, it was a fake. It was just meant to entertain you. And the credits is kind of like the, haha, we got you kind of moment of the film. Like, it's interesting because we live in a post-Marvel age now where a lot of people do sit through credits at films because they're waiting for that extra scene at the end um back at the time when the Blair Witch Project came out credits started everyone got up and left the theater credits usually ran with no one left in the theater um but the the credits are just as key a point of this film as pretty much the rest of the film because it shows you that it was not filmed in Burkittsville. It, there were parts filmed in Maryland, but not it, just not in Burkittsville. And that was the interesting thing was had people waited for the credits, it would have been kind of like the Marvel moment of the extra c- credit scene at the end where you go, oh, hey, they completely punked us. <laughs> you know, so interesting. But on, sadly, Burkittsville went through a bit of a... Um, a rash of people. <laughs> um, and the sign, the sign actually that says Burkittsville at the beginning of the film um, has actually been stolen uh, three times. And it was stolen the opening night of the movie as well. Um, so here, here's the thing that I was like, shit, thank God we got the film we did. The first cut of the film was uh, two and a half hours long. Uh, that's, Way too long, in my opinion. I think this movie is something like 79 minutes long or 81 minutes long. That's long enough for me right there. Um, <laughs> I, I remember reading that it was, the first cut was like two and a half hours long. I was like, my God, no, fuck. Don't ever release a director's cut of this. Although I think they did, but I'm not positive. Um, it was nominated for a Razzie Award for Worst Picture. I'm in agreement with that. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> I need to hold my comments. Uh, we're almost to the my thoughts segment of the show. So um, so here's the thing. Um, and I, I thought this was interesting because the whole idea of recovered video or found footage uh, was not new 
Uh, as I've said, you know, the last broadcast being one of those films, uh, a lot of people refer to Cannibal Holocaust as another one, because um, that was 1980, right? Uh, and it wasn't a common genre. I think the thing is, is with the Blair Witch Project, it pretty much defined it, um, but it wasn't the first of its kind. Uh, however, it has definitely kickstarted something because we've had everything from what is it rec or record or whatever the fuck that series is called cloverfield project x uh last exorcism the paranormal activity films my god there's six of those now i think five of those something like that watch it's like four and i'm completely off but found footage films are something that I am very hit or miss with last broadcast. I don't mind, but I will admit the ending of that film is wonky as shit, (laughs) but I do, I do appreciate that one for what it was trying to do. Uh, and Cloverfield is weird because I technically, it's not the kind of movie I should like, but for some reason I do enjoy it. 10 Cloverfield lane is the best of the three. Uh, but I do enjoy Cloverfield. I don't I don't know why. I mean, I do like my big monster, so maybe that's got something to do with it. I don't know. But it's uh, not necessarily the kind of movie I would totally, like, enjoy. And yet, I fucking love it. So. so, okay. Might as well get into my thoughts on the film. And I did this a little bit differently this time. As I was watching the film, I wrote down notes. Now, I probably won't read all of them, or I won't, like, talk about all of them, because some of them are very repetitive. (laughs) Because this movie, I'm not going to lie, this movie um, irritates me. My my first thought, the first thing I wrote down when I I was watching this movie is this movie is abysmal. Uh, And there's people going, you're a fucking asshole. No. Here's my thing. It's a great concept. It's actually a really good idea. But very poorly executed. Again, the marketing is the best part of this film. Seriously, I'm not fucking lying when I say that. The marketing was the best part of this film. Um, The actors are not believable. At least in my opinion. Uh, Most of the film was ad-libbed, according to the director. Uh, And... You know, a lot of it was unrehearsed reactions. And it, as I'm watching it, I'm like, yeah, it shows, bitch. This is, it, it looks amateur. It looks phony. Like, my thing is, is like, what's with all the fucking screaming and the arguing? Like, I mean, first off, at the beginning of the film, like, okay. And I guess the whole idea, the whole concept of this film was that it was found footage and someone edited it later. And released it as this film, The Blair Witch Project. But why would you edit it? Like, I'd rather see it in its rawest form. Um, at least that's my thing. Because, And not to mention, if you edited it, why did you leave all the goddamn arguing in? I mean, 20 minutes into this film, the arguing starts. And after that, it's relentless. It does not stop. It's constant arguing, arguing, arguing. And like Mike, the character of Mike is actually probably my favorite of the three. In the fact that he makes a very good point. 
if this is a documentary about the Blair Witch, why are they recording everything? Like, she's recording them smoking a cigarette. She's recording them just talking about, you know, anything. There's one point where they're filming her taking a piss in in the woods. Why? What does this have to do with the fucking Blair Witch? Like, I don't understand. Heather's character alone, and I'm not trying to be an asshole when I say this, but it's a very annoying character. She's very annoying. She acts like she's the boss. She's the alpha character. I'm the leader of this crew. And she has no clue what the fuck she's doing. Like, half the time she doesn't even know where she's going. This argument about who has the map, where's the map, who's got the map. Do you even know how to read the fucking map? Like, 30 minutes into this movie and nothing has happened except for three people arguing. Honestly, I, I, I was checking the times as I was watching this movie I'm like okay we're 30 30 minutes into this now and nothing has happened supposedly this is a found footage movie this is footage to prove or disprove the Blair Witch and there's nothing oh except are you happy no I'm not happy honestly this is what we thought was scary like watching three people talk about whether or not they're happy in the fucking woods I don't know, like, I, I I, I tuned into this movie expecting to be scared or at least be on the edge of my seat, have some form of anxiety, and I'm screaming at, 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 at my screen going, shut the fuck up and just do something already. Um, like... They're at the 36 minute mark. They're they're crying. They want to go home. They want to they want to get the fuck out of the woods, and they just want to go home. They just want to go back to their beds and whatnot. Why are you still filming? Like I don't understand. I know there's one point in the film where Heather's like, "It's all I've got. It's all I've got." Why are you still filming? They're bitching that oh, there's one part where she's like talking about crossing like some creek on a log or something like that, and she's like, "It'd be so much easier without their backpacks." No, it'd be a lot more easier if you put the fucking camera down. Like at this point now, you have now decided that the Blair Witch legend is no longer important. You just want to get out of the woods. Put the camera down. It's like it's like people today. In our society, the problem is put your damn phones down. But this was like, like these are wonky camcorders. These are DAT recorders or DAT recorders, whatever the fuck you want to call them. You know, the 16 millimeter cameras and whatnot. Like they're fucking, they're clunky. They're big. Put them down. Like if you've already decided this documentary is not worth this anymore, like you just want to go home, then stop recording. There was no... Like, I I seriously sat there going, why are you still filming? Like, and I must have said this like every two, three minutes in this movie. You know what sucks about this movie even more? No soundtrack. Yes, okay. And so everyone, you know, like a lot of critics like to highlight the fact that, oh, well, they built all this atmosphere without any music score. I'm sitting here on my end going, I wish there was a music score. At least then I'd have something to entertain me. Like, you guys know, I love I love my, my music in my films. I love theme music. Hell, I have a full fucking playlist on Spotify of all theme music. It runs well over seven, eight, nine hours long. I love theme music. Give me something. Like, holy shit. Instead, all I have is like fucking nails on chalkboard screaming at each other. 
Ugh. And, okay. The stick mobiles or whatever those things were hanging in the trees. Is this supposed to be scary? Like, seriously, I going back to last episode, I think Herman Haig's mobiles in Deep Dark were more interesting than this shit. It doesn't freak me out because I... This is where you get the whole idea of like, okay, like the found footage, there's edits. Okay, how do I know that they don't turn their cameras off? They put these things in the trees and then they put the cameras back on and go, oh, look what we found. Like, how do we fucking know that? But at the same time, like you can sit there and film everyone screaming at each other. And there's at one point, what is it? I think it's Mike. Is it Mike or Josh? One or the other is screaming at the top of their lungs. Help us, help us. You've already made it known that there's no one near you um i don't know and like at the 46 minute mark you know it's the whole scene where there's like the scratching on the tents and then they run out now here's where there was a point of trivia here's where they kind of fucked up with that is the whole idea of they're running in the woods they're running from the tent they're screaming oh my god oh my god oh my god this thing's trying to get us now the cameraman that was controlling the camera at the time was actually supposed to pan left and you would see a white image floating as it as it was like following them through the woods now had we seen that i think that would have changed the whole complexion of this movie because now there's some form of footage of a Blair Witch. Now, whether or not people would believe it, I mean, like you got me who's Mr. Skeptical Asshole, I probably still would sit there and say it's a prop. But here's the, here's the thing. It would at least let me believe there's something more than just the three of them in the woods. Because now I'm just sitting here going, okay, well, the camera crew was probably outside the tent scratching it, which is ex- actually what happened. The director decided to fuck with them and started scratching the tent. Now, supposedly, they didn't know this was going to happen, and they reacted. But the whole thing is, is you still know your crew is out there with you. So what? You, you're trying to tell me your reaction was, oh, my God, I'm going to die here? Like, No you would know your your filming crew is with you out in the fucking woods so i i don't know um i i, I and you know that's the, other, the the whole idea of put the camera down so there's even one part where mike and heather are talking about josh and mike has to talk to heather with her holding a camera in her face like in his face like she's holding it pointing it at him I don't understand how someone wouldn't lose their fucking mind and say, could you please put the fucking camera down? Like, I don't know. And and again, like, there's the one scene where, like, they're supposed to be, like, you know, crossing on the log. and Or no, that's what it is. They're circling around. And then Mike and Josh are like, oh, it's the same log. And you have Heather going, it's not the same log. It's not the same log. Log from Blamo. Yeah, okay, we get it. Like, fuck. Oh, 55 minutes into this, and now we have Josh is mocking Heather for wanting to make movies. That And that's, I think, actually, I think I've already mentioned that. That's the scene where, like, Heather's like, it's all I've got left, it's all I've got left. And, you know, you got Mike begging them not to fight, and... I'm sitting here going, for 35 minutes, that's all you fucking done is fought. Like, 
Talk about, uh, I don't know. For me, personally, this was torture, watching this garbage. And here's the thing. Here's another trivia point about this. So in the movie, Heather and Mike, they they, they share um, like an antagonistic attitude towards each other. They fight a lot. Um, in the commentary, apparently the directors revealed that Heather and Josh actually were the ones that fought more. Uh, when they put put this film together, apparently they cut a lot of that out because they didn't want to make it look like the two guys were like just ganging up on Heather all the time. But for me personally, like when I'm watching it, I'm like, I'd be ganging up on all of you, like all three. Like I said, Mike is probably the character I like the most of the three, but that's not saying much because I really don't like these people, which I think is another thing that hurts this film is that these characters are not really that likable um and they seem i i they seem stupid to me like okay like you know the the for a good portion of the film you always hear one or another character saying turn off the camera turn it off turn it off and i keep asking myself why are you guys not smart enough to do just that like if you're not recording you now first off you alleviate one hand you know, like that one hand holding the camera. Now you can do something with that so you can help yourself move and have better mobility. You can move faster and whatnot. Not to mention, then it, it kind of dawns on me because it's like, okay, if they put the camera down, the problem with that is then you don't have enough for an 80-minute movie. I understand that a lot of this is padding. The problem is there's too much padding with this film because it's just constant fighting. For me... Yeah, I, I'm going to try and like you know eliminate a lot of my notes here because I just keep repeating the same thing. Why are they still fighting? I guess that's the thing for me is that it ruins the whole atmosphere with the constant bickering. I think if the three of them had focused more on portraying being scared, and I I know some people are gonna you know some people have argued the fact that well the reason they're fighting is because they're scared. Okay, good point. But it's constant. Like, I'd like to see other elements of fear as well and not Heather crying saying, it's all I've got, it's all I've got. No, it's not all you've got. You've got the two guys with you. Like, focus and work as a team. And that seems like it, it's the one thing that is just is killing me and makes this movie very boring for me because I feel like nothing is happening. Um, like... And then I look at it from a current point of view. Like, we live in a current era of YouTube videos. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so this movie really technically has nothing happen until the last, I'd say, four to maybe five minutes left in the film. And that's the whole part of they get to that house because they're looking for Josh. And then, you know, they're running up the stairs and then they're running down the stairs. And we see Mike in the corner and then Heather gets knocked out and boom, movie's over. Make a YouTube video of this. Like, seriously, YouTubers, like, I, I'm i not a big fan of, you know, any specific YouTuber. But YouTubers and, like, like, the personalities on YouTube, there's a lot of big names that, like, a lot of people follow and whatnot. This would be more, for me, like, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, show them leave to go on the trip. Show them get lost a little bit. And then show the final last four minutes of this movie make a 10 minute youtube video you've got a hit um i i 
the movie loses me too much. Like, I find it just boring. I, as a matter of fact, like I said, like, this week, like, I wrote notes while I was watching it. Half the time I wasn't even paying attention to the movie because it's that kind of a movie. It's like, if something's not going to happen and all you're going to do is show me how three people can argue in the woods, I can, you know, I can sit in my bedroom window and watch my neighbors and watch people argue if I want. Not that my neighborhood's that bad. But I'm using that as, like, you know, kind of like like and as an example right um and i think the thing is is and maybe i'm approaching this in the wrong context maybe i'm not but the whole idea that this was found footage and it was sort of like supposed to be like reality and then right around this time was also the time that we started getting a lot of that quote unquote reality tv you know your survivors and there was like the stupid Kardashian show, the stupid Paris Hilton show and like all these different like reality shows that supposedly the whole thing is, is we apparently enjoy watching people go through conflict. Yes, but no. Um, I do. I, I, I do like watching people go through conflict, but I like seeing a resolve as well. Um, not a constant hour of a movie where people are just yelling at each other because you have to figure if the movie is an hour and 20 minutes long and at 20 minutes the arguing starts, that means for an hour I listened to three people arguing and crying and bitching at each other. It was very, very difficult to watch this movie. Um, And, of course, you know, an hour and 10 minutes into the movie is the infamous scene of Heather looking in her own camera and she's crying and she's saying, I'm sorry, Uh, I'm sorry to my family and this and that. And it's a very hard scene for me to watch because, first off, you have this glaring fucking huge nose. (laughs) Not that she had a huge nose, but because of the camera angle, her nose looks like it's fucking huge and it's snotty and it's gross. And I'm like, okay why like again there's nothing of this that is telling me the Blair Witch is real um and I guess that's the whole thing is that I approach this as the movie is called the Blair Witch Project and you did nothing to focus on the actual Blair Witch a few stones moved around in the grass says nothing to me because how do I know that not one of you three did that before you turn the camera back on Um, and I mean, there's, I actually have read like reviews where people thought that this was scarier than the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or the original Carrie. Um, no, uh, -uh. like Texas Chainsaw Massacre as much as, I mean, at 43 years old, I don't find it scary anymore, but I remember as a kid, it's not that it scared me, but it spooked me. I mean, there's some creepy shit. I remember the first time seeing, you know, the one girl get put on the fucking meat hook and my back going, that's got to hurt, you know. Um, I don't know. IMDb gives this movie a (coughs) 6.4. Excuse me. My rating is where I get slaughtered, but I give it a 4. Give it a 4 out of 10, which is actually higher than I would normally give a movie like this. But I give it a four based on the marketing. I give it a four based on the concept. I do like the idea of the film. I do like the 
whole idea of it being a documentary and how it was supposed to approach that. Unfortunately, because there's so much arguing, there's so much that doesn't deal with the actual Blair Witch. It's, you know what I feel like this is? And there's actually a theory that I'm going to follow this up with because there's a theory online about this. But I feel like it's like a, a, a punked video. Honestly, when I was watching it, it almost feels like that like Mike and Josh know they're punking Heather and she's freaking out. But the problem is, is that I feel the execution again fails because all we're doing is fighting. But, okay, so... I wrote this down because, and I'm not going to read all of this. Like, it's fucking huge. It's a long theory. There's a popular theory that the Blair Witch is not real, but instead, Mike and Josh were messing around with Heather and planned to murder her. Now, I don't know so much about the whole planning to murder her, but here's the interesting thing. That's almost the concept of the last broadcast. And the idea that Jim Seward uh, joins this crew. Um, oh, shit. What was the cable company's fucking the cable show's name? Uh, Factor Fiction. So in the last broadcast, there's this cable TV show called Factor Fiction. And they're supposed to be going out looking for the Jersey Devil. And they bring along this guy, Jim Seward, who is the one who ends up being accused of killing the members of Factor Fiction. You come you come to later on find out that it wasn't him. I won't tell you who it was in case you ever do watch this movie, but there's a little twist at the end. You find out who actually killed the members of Factor Fiction. But supposedly the whole idea is, is that Jim knew exactly what he was doing and he was setting up a murder plot. This sounds almost similar to that. And it's interesting because when you read this theory and then you watch the last broadcast, it starts to almost line up a lot more to where you do now wonder, did the Blair Witch Project steal or quote-unquote borrow from the last broadcast? Anyways, there's there's uh, a few points that I thought were kind of interesting that almost lead to believe that Josh and Mike were totally fucking with Heather the whole time. Um a lot of the times when she's recording, they are walking a lot further ahead of her, but they they don't seem like they're lost. They almost seem like they know where they're going, and yet they keep saying, where's the map? Like, do we know where we're going? Do we know where we're going? Um, and I mean, like, supposedly, like, the whole thing is, is and it, it goes back to what I said earlier about, like, you know, she's supposed to be the alpha male. She's supposed to be, the, or not the alpha male, but the alpha, the the boss character and whatnot. And yet, she seems like she doesn't know shit. Um, you know, and, and in, in, the, in the point of that they're walking ahead of her and all this stuff, supposedly she's the one that knows everything, but how come they seem to know where they're going where she doesn't? Um, so, I mean... It's it's kind of a theory that's online as well, and I'm I'm glad I read that. Another point that I thought was actually quite interesting, and I noticed it more actually watching the film this time, when they're having the discussion about the noises at night and how like if you actually pay attention, it seems like Heather is the only one who ever hears the noises. Um, Mike and Josh both seem like you know they're like, well, I didn't hear anything and stuff like that. I never actually noticed that when I was like, especially the first time I saw this, which I will admit I didn't see this in the theaters, 
Maybe had I seen it in the theaters, it might have had a better effect on me. This was a VHS rental, but I think it's also because, and I know a lot of people said, oh, well, that, you know, the Curse of the Blair Witch documentary really made it feel real to them. And that's cool. I'm glad it worked on a lot of people because it is a great idea. Um, Unfortunately, it didn't work for me. And so when the movie was out in the theaters, I was like, I'll pass. And (laughs) ended up that, you know, I watched it on VHS like, you know, like a year later or whatever. Um, A lot of the times that when there's things going on in the film, um, bad things happen yet the guys don't seem to react. It seems like it's always Heather that's freaking out. Um, and so uh, let's see, what else do they say? The famous scene of Heather, Josh, and Mike arguing over the misplaced map suggests that Josh had been lying to Heather about giving her the map back, uh, which is a good point to kind of pay attention to. Josh does seem like he's constantly asking for the map, and then all of a sudden he stops asking for it, and she now no longer has it okay and there's a few few things with josh specifically that stick out that really make me think that okay like somewhere along the line they're they're playing a prank on her there it's got to be this Uh, first off josh disappearing from the tent the whole idea that he just disappears you're trying to tell me that both heather and mike didn't notice that he left like I, I don't know. It just seems really fucking weird to me. Like, I know that the, as apparently there's some point in the film where they point out that she, that Heather is a deep sleeper. Okay, that's fine, whatever. But Mike and Josh are, seem pretty tight. You're trying to tell me that Josh wouldn't have like, you know, gotten up and said to Mike like, "Hey, I'm going to take a piss" or whatever. Like, it just seems like, like, and Mike doesn't seem that shocked at first you know what i mean like uh and the scene uh, okay so the part that always gets me and i mean this is something that even way back when i saw it originally i was like okay so are we what are we reacting over here like reacting for here the 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 scene where they find the the hair the teeth um like the tooth that's like super large too i might know i might note but um there's that whole idea that like there's the hair and the teeth and the blood and whatnot in that little like clump or whatever. And right away they're like, oh, it's Josh, it's Josh, it's Josh. It, how, how do you know that? Um, because you're in the woods. There's other animals. There's creatures. There's there's everything. And how do you know it's his? Like, how do you know that you were the only three in this giant wooded area which i might add by the way like part of the trivia like that i was reading up on they were actually like oh what was it like if they had walked like three minutes going i think it was like north or south or whatever they would have actually come to a road and there was like civilization they actually weren't that far in the woods it just they were able to film it in a way that it made it look like they were like completely lost in the middle of fucking nowhere but they actually weren't um again one of those things that you know if you read the credits and you knew the area like you're like "Eh, this is not real um but yeah like and it was funny because when i was reading this like it even points out there's no way of of checking that hair or that teeth or the blood or anything there's no way of doing a dna test so how the fuck do you know that's josh um 
And like the whole idea of like when when they're in that dilapidated house. So here's here's the funny thing. If if Josh is screaming in the house, right? You can usually get an idea of whether the screaming is coming from upstairs or downstairs. Why do they run all the way upstairs when he's screaming and then all of a sudden it's, oh, he's downstairs. Wouldn't you know that originally? Like, you would get a sense of where the screams are coming from. Yet, you go all the way to the the, the top of the house to come all the way down to the basement. Like... And not to mention, wouldn't Heather have noticed? Like, okay, like, we're going strictly based on what Mike is hearing? Like, I don't know. Whatever is whatever. There, there's a, seriously, if you go on IMDb, there's a whole theory based on this. It's, like, practically in, like, huge essay form. Uh, I could go on forever. Um, I really don't like this movie. I really don't. Uh, I think the directors had a great concept. I think they had a great idea. And I think in their hearts, they were making a really good horror film. The end result, though, for me personally, is three people arguing for an hour of this movie with barely any tension being built until the last two minutes, and then the screen goes black. Um, It's a four out of ten for me. On that note, uh, (laughs) I think it's time that this podcast goes black because I've probably lost almost every single listener I've ever had, (laughs) but (laughs) it's time to end your suffering. I've babbled. I've bitched. I've complained. The Blair Witch Project. It's iconic. I'm not going to lie as much as I am not a fan of this movie after, after doing this week's work, uh, uh, like this week's worth of like research and, watching this and watching the documentary again and just everything I'm not going to be coming back to this movie anytime soon and I, I've made you all suffer for oh geez I, I've been talking for at least 50 minutes on just the Blair Witch Project alone um, it's time to end so I, I, I do want to thank you for listening if you're still listening if you're still here thank you so much because I know that I've talked with a lot of people and a lot of people love this movie. I just can't do it. It's just not my thing. Um, but I wanted I wanted to do something different. I wanted to approach a film and research a film that I don't like and see if it would change my approach to it. I would, like I say, the, the marketing strategies they put in place for this were brilliant. And I do... I, I, I did, and I, I still do enjoy that aspect of the Blair Witch Project. Unfortunately, the film itself fails. Uh, it, in my personal opinion, it fails. But thank you for listening. Uh, I'm going to quickly go through the whole where to find what and announce the next episode, which if you've been on the Facebook page, there's actually, I think I listed the next seven episodes or something like that, next six episodes. Uh, so you already know what the next episode is. But anyways, where to find the podcast? So obviously you can go to thenextlevelnetwork.com slash podcast zero or whatlurksbehindpodcastzero.com. That's where you will always find the direct link right to the episode. Uh, if not, you can obviously subscribe through iTunes, Google, or Spotify. Um, 
and uh, the social medias, the social meads. Um, obviously, the Facebook page. I use that probably the most of the three. Uh, Facebook.com slash What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. On Instagram, at What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. And on Twitter, WLB Podcast underscore zero. <sighs> God, you know. I'm not going to lie, as much as I didn't like the movie, I enjoyed doing this episode. I enjoyed doing the research on it. It was an interesting film to learn about and talk about. Like I say, the film itself fails for me, but everything else about it works. And i got to give the Blair Witch Project that much credit. Um, Next episode? Well, that's going to be a little... (laughs) Oh, shit. I, you know, you'd almost think I'm trying to intentionally lose my listeners, but I'm not. Seriously, I'm trying to find movies that are interesting to talk about. Um, so next episode is a Hammer film, but not your typical Hammer film. No, I'm not going to do like, you know, the Satanic Rites of Dracula or the Curse of the Mummy. No, why would I do one of the good ones? Um, next episode, Dracula's Dog, also known as Zoltan. Hound of Dracula from 1978. I love this fucking movie. And I know that a lot of people are like, why? What the fuck? Of all the fucking Hammer films, that's the one you pick? Uh, It's going to be fun to talk about. Anyways, thank you for listening. I'm out of here. I'm done. I've wasted your time and my time and everyone else's time. No, I haven't wasted anyone's time. I mean, if you're still listening, it's for a reason, right? Um, Anyways, that's that. I'm out. I will be back next episode talking about dogs. I love dogs. I'm a dog guy. I always have been a dog guy. Well, no, when I was younger, I was like, actually, when I was young, side note, really quick. uh, When I was a young kid, I actually used to like rodents, like hamsters and mice and rats and stuff like that. It's kind of weird. Um, And then I was like, I don't know, as I got older, I'm a dog guy now. I like cats, too. I don't mind cats, but cats... Yeah, they're antisocial sometimes, you know. Like when you want that thing to cuddle, or you want someone to like, you know, be there to greet you when you walk in the door. Cats are never that creature, unless they want food. And then once they have their food, it's like fuck you, get away from me. So whatever. Dracula's dog next week. Until then, keep lurking, guys. Ciao for now.